This is Bert Kreischer, and you're listening to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Visit us anytime at youtube.com forward slash yuck yucks to watch stand-up comedy clips of some of your favorite comedians. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com. Twitter. Twitter. And follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. What's going on, my little yucky maniacs? This is your host of the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast, Jake Hirsch. Thank you for joining me. What a fantastic, fantastic show we've got lined up. i got a special treat, everybody. Uh, I know I've been talking about this for the last little while. I'm like, oh, yeah, we got some great guests. we got some great guests coming up. Guess what? We do have a great guest. We have a very, very great guest today. She goes by the name of Zoe Rabnett. That's right, folks. Zoe Rabnett. You have heard the name before because I have all you little knuckleheads always asking me, uh, hey, do you know who Zoe Rabnett is? Yes, Zoe Rabnett, the person who is the uh, talent coordinator for, oh, I don't know, probably the biggest comedy festival in the entire world, Just for Laughs. That's right, folks. We are honored and graced by her availability to come on the show and talk to me all about the comedy business, all about her background in comedy, um, how she started, how she came up, uh, how she got involved in the business. Um, and, and we talk all about uh, showcases and, and what to do, what not to do. Uh, it's not necessarily a how-to guide or anything. Don't be, uh, you know, don't be harassing uh, Zoe or anything here. Uh, this is just uh, uh, my curious mind. How does this work? How does you know what impressions are left with you? Um, are, are there people out there that uh, that don't want to do JFL uh, even when they're offered that coveted spot? There's a million questions I had. I only had about thirty forty five minutes. Uh, it was a night of a showcase, so I didn't want to keep her too long. Uh, although I, it feels like we just scratched the surface. I, Zoe is just somebody that, uh, that when you meet them immediately, you feel, uh, very comfortable. Uh, and, and I, I just, and I, I think that those types of, of, uh, of meetings where, where two people just kind of, uh, just gracefully enter a conversation. I think those make the best podcasts because it doesn't feel like I'm interviewing somebody. It feels more like I'm just having a conversation with somebody. And really, that's that's what it's all about. I'm sorry. I got a bit of a stuffed up nose, folks. So if you guys uh, are like, what the hell is wrong with Jake? That is what's crack-a-lacking. Um, I just got back from a wonderful show. Yes, a nice little show out in the beautiful uh, city of Pender Harbor. And uh, another uh, just fun-filled, uh, fantastic show. I got to bring out uh, two comics with me, and then uh, another comic uh, flew out. Uh, Kevin Stobo was out there headlining, and man, oh man, uh, what an incredible show that uh, these guys put on. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, the crowd was begging for more, um, and it, it was just one of the funnest road trips that I've ever taken. Um just traveling with these guys and, and, you know, you're on the road, you kind of bond a bit, you know, you're, you're away from, uh, from, uh, usually the wives and the girlfriends. So you're in kind of weekend warrior mode and we did not disappoint folks. So <laughs> it was a good time. It was fun. Um, anyway, yes, we have a big announcement coming next week, folks. Uh, a big announcement. Uh, I will again repeat a big announcement next week. Uh, and also, um, I'm going on vacation here in another uh, week or uh, two weeks probably. I think it is. Two weeks? Yeah. 
two weeks, a little vacation time, and uh, yes, going to uh, go enjoy myself for a little bit because I, I don't get to do that very often. So when I go vacation, I go hard. That's right. Uh, what else is going on? Um, I think that's it. You guys want to go talk to Zoe, huh? Somebody the other day on Twitter uh, put down, uh, why do uh, podcast hosts always have to give us that shitty 10, 15 minutes in the beginning? Hey, mine is short. I keep it to like five minutes uh, or less. And uh, I try to, you know, not sit here and, and just, you know, bend your ear uh, for too, too long and become annoying. Uh, but I do like to give people a little bit of a preview and a little bit of news, you know, up and coming uh, events and, and all that type of stuff. Um, uh, but yes, uh, big announcement next week. And uh, I promise you, this is a great interview that is worth sticking around and listening to. Um, please do not uh, hang up uh, your podcast or your phone right now. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, fasten your seatbelt. Uh, this is a fun. <laughs> no, this is a fan. Fantastic podcast. Zoe Rabnett, my new friend. I'm going to go out to JFL this year and bug her and ask her for a media pass or something. I don't know. I'm going to call in a favor, though. I, I just met her once. All right, here we go. Zoe Rabnett. Staged and, and practiced, yeah. Been up in my room practicing in front of a mirror. So it's probably better that you didn't tell me <laughs> what you were ask me. I feel I feel lucky in the sense that you uh, you probably well I know it. You're a very much in demand person. People probably always want to ask you questions and get the uh, opportunity to sit down with you. So when I told people I was like I had to sit down with Zoe for an hour or half hour whatever, it's like. People were like, oh, can you say that? Can you ask this? Can you ask it? <laughs> so, they, oh, yeah. Did people send in questions? <laughs> people, were, people were, yeah, they were pretty excited yeah, about and it. I but. appreciate that, um, you know, it's hard for Just for Laughs and for me to get a message out, to get to get right. um, sort of our, our thinking, our needs, our plans out to the community in general. And right. that, you know, conversations like this help me sometimes – you know, share some of that information. Sure. So I am also planning on doing a town hall in Toronto where That'd be amazing. we'll record it too and we'll just, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll just open the floor up to everybody who wants to ask questions. Meet the because, masses. And yeah, and to just help clarify some of the system and yeah. how our process works and what we look for each year because it changes constantly. Right, so right. even people who've known in the past what we've needed or what we've wanted or how it worked it's sure. changed and, and right. it's impossible for me to share that information every year right so having to go back like and read yeah, yeah yeah absolutely helpful. but but I, I right before we started uh, you were you were telling me you grew up in ontario mm-hmm. uh, what was that like and and i mean was comedy at the is that even on your mind when growing up there i mean how did you segue into well, not comedy as a kid. i mean certainly not 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 necessarily, though. As a family, we you know we liked things like the Smothers Brothers. I remember watching with my parents, and right. um, you know there were. I remember going to see Buddy What's His Name and the Other Fellers from Newfoundland. Yeah, and <laughs> laughing, and you know, and my yeah. family was always funny. You know, my right. my dad's side of the family, especially, was always really into laughing at our lives, and that certainly factored into my overall life perspective. But sure. I wasn't involved in comedy really growing up until I became a teenager and was old enough to become a fan right and then started going and then growing up near Toronto was especially terrific because then I could go to things like I went to all the kids in the hall TV tapings and no I was way. going to see comedy whenever I could in the right. city and I just loved it so yeah. as I grew into an adult then yeah definitely comedy factored in and being close to Toronto was a huge part of that right there was just so much happening seems like the Toronto. mecca of comedy in Canada I mean, I think so, though I think, you know, it's shifting a little. I think it's 
by nature of its size and population, there, yeah. are there, there are just more performers and more happening, sure. um, more things happening in Toronto than in other parts of the country. But there's comedy everywhere, and the comedy yeah. communities are getting bigger and bigger in, in every city that they exist in right now. And For so sure. Yeah, there are so many great people performing all over the country. Now, did you ever get into the stand-up? part of comedy did you ever try no. anything like that or did you know you just wanted to be in the business at some I point I just knew I wanted to be in the business it never crossed my mind to get on stage and even now getting on stage is one of my worst fears so is it really yeah and I, I absolutely hate it I do do it occasionally not to do stand-up but right, to, right. Just to talk to, to talk or to you know be sure. at a Q&A or to present an award or something or and every time I freak out completely and I've stopped fighting that because I think that if anything, it helps me give all the performers that I see the benefit of the doubt because they're doing something that I can't do. Right. So right, aw right off the bat, every time they get credit for right. getting up there and doing something that there's no way I could do. So I, I think it helps my perspective. I was going to say that must help like in a, in, in a certain sense of, of, of probably not coming. Because I know that when I got into the comedy business, everybody's first question was, oh, do you do comedy as well? There seems to be this level of like, uh, if you do comedy, you might not be such a great judge of of what good comedy is if you're practicing it yourself. Like I think it's coming from an area of being able to look at somebody on stage and and and, and almost having that unbiased objective to to look at somebody and say I, I really think that person's funny or, or or not funny and and it not come from a place of well you're trying to get something out of more out of the situation because you're in comedy yourself well I, I can't speak to what it's like to be in my position as a performer because right. I'm just not in that position but I have to assume that it would change your perspective because mm -hmm. you would be watching comedy from the perspective of someone who's also going to get on stage and, and do comedy right. and that would certainly change the way you hear other people's material but I, I can't speak to it for sure because sure. It, it doesn't apply to me but um I promise I'm never going to turn into a comedian. <laughs> that seems to be no everybody's chance. worry. Huh? <laughs> no Everybody's chance. always worried about people becoming comedians. <laughs> How did you segue into, because I know before you were, you were like booking comedy. You were, you were a comedy booker, right? At some point. And, and well, before just for laughs, I was working at Diamond Field Entertainment in Toronto, which is an agency and management company for comedians. And they also produce the alt doc comedy lounge in Toronto. Right. And right. Various other things as well. And, so that's where I came from. Was that that world? So right. a little bit of, uh, you know, we wore a lot of hats at Diamond Field, but sure. certainly representing comedians and producing shows, and then booking the Alt Dot in conjunction with Lauren Frommutter, who still runs Diamond Field. Right. And before that, I was the president of the Corky and the Juice Pigs fan club. Wow. I saw them. I'm bragging. I saw totally the Corky and the Juice Juice Pigs <laughs> back in the day. That is crazy. I was a big, big fan. And really, they're the ones that got me into comedy as I am today. Because right. it was being a fan of theirs that got me into knowing some of the business side of things. And I mean, sure. I laugh. we laugh about being the president of their fan club because it right. really was just licking stamps and <laughs> putting <laughs> things Mail out. Them. That's it. Um, but it definitely helped me get an in to the business side of comedy and right. it was because of them there seems they're to celebrating their 30th anniversary 30th anniversary that is amazing wow there seems to be this perception though that the business side of comedy uh oftentimes get a gets a bad rap as, as being kind of like the evil empire the people that overlook artists or 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 handle the business side of artists uh representation wise i think comics love representation because they got people working for them and helping them out 
but there seems to be uh, a bit of a weird perception about you know comedy bookers and and agencies that comics don't feel like they look out for them uh on the professional level did you ever experience that like was there a bad part of the business well for me personally i'm i've i have discovered that i am more comfortable um for lack of better words, buying comedy than selling comedy. So as right. an agent, I struggled to be a pitch person to to sell all the time, and then to deal with the rejection of people saying no right. to me on on behalf of my clients. That was always I found that ch a challenge sure. to to wrap my head around. And and on a slightly different perspective of it, now that I have the this sort of other, I'm the person buying it. Um, you know, I like that aspect better. Right. But I also know what it's like to be on the other side when I'm the one saying no right. to some people, which inevitably has to happen. I mean, it, nobody will ever be 100% happy with how the systems work because as an art form, it's subjective. And so we can all have very different opinions. Sure. I happen to be in a job where I get to have opinions and then act on them. But lots of people have that situation. Right. And right. Um, But I understand why other people will disagree with my opinions on things. I try to have a pretty broad opinion about about stuff and make decisions accordingly but i'll never make everybody happy sure um but it's fun when i get to make some people happy absolutely i remember you said in an interview one time uh you have to say no a lot but the times that you do say yes it's a pretty magical moment though it is pretty fun saying no is absolutely hands down the worst part of this job it sucks because i do say it more often than i say yes which is unfortunate right um but I try to focus on the positive of the yeses because the <laughs> yeses are pretty great when I get to say yeses sometimes. So. Are, there, are there any uh, situations that stand out for you over the years of, of making that call? I know a lot of times you probably have to deal with agents and reps and stuff like that, but the times that you do get to speak to comics and say, hey, you are invited to JFL this year, I mean, do you have any things that stand out for being like pretty crazy reactions and phone calls? Um, yeah, I mean, there there are there are plenty of them. I think that that homegrown exemplifies the the best of that though right. because those are people who when i get to book the homegrown comic show at montreal every year that's getting to pick people from all across the country to come to the festival mostly for the first time most of them have never been to the festival before and it's sure. you know been something that they've been looking forward to hopefully doing one day and so those are the best ones and i do i get emotional about homegrown i do you? i absolutely it's so it's so fun to book. It's so hard to book, right. but it is so rewarding to watch people get to experience the festival for the first time. It's, I mean, it's comedy camp, like, and it's an unlike any other event that you know I think exists in yeah. comedy. And so to watch people get to experience that, you know, to to be in the same room as some of their comedy idols and to get an opportunity to walk up and talk to some people in the business that they would never get a chance to talk to under the same circumstances. Sure. So. It's so fun. So some of the phone calls for Homegrown, and, and there are agents that um, very generously let me call the comics directly to right. invite them for right. that specific thing because it's pretty fun to make, make those day. phone calls. Yeah, <laughs> it's make pretty fun. Year. So there have been some pretty great reactions to people getting booked for Homegrown, and that's always that's something I look forward to every year. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. How, I mean, just experience-wise, I mean, like you've seen a million showcases, I'm sure. You've traveled the world. You've got to see some fantastic acts. Has anybody said no to you? Has anybody ever said, like, I don't want to come into you? I know in an interview uh, that I heard you in, 
I think you mentioned the name Daniel Nitson. Daniel Kitson. Kitson. Yeah, sorry, I was just about to mention it again. Kitson. He just Daniel, kind of off the grid. Doesn't want to do. Doesn't. If on the off chance Daniel is listening to this, for Pete's sake, please just say yes <laughs> once. Just once. Come on. But that's somebody How many interviews do I have to do where I cite you <laughs> as the one person who keeps saying no? Daniel. Every comic in Canada is probably going, "Oh my God, who is this guy, and why is he not taking advantage of this?" But, but I mean, wh- is that just somebody who who? just immersed in the art of it and doesn't want to necessarily become a, a big household name does he enjoy just doing the small uh, i can't really speak for daniel because i mean he and i know each other but we're not friends enough that i can kind of get the i inner. know exactly what where what his thinking is about about things but he definitely operates differently he doesn't right. he doesn't operate in the same sort of conventional ways that lots of performers do and he does his own thing and sure um He's. I'm sure. I, I don't think he's very interested in doing television, which is a big part of what Just for Laughs does, at least in Montreal. Lots of our other festivals don't involve television, but right. um, television really isn't his thing. Industry really isn't his thing. He's just. He's got his own path, and mm-hmm. and he's on it, and he's doing very well on that path. And so, it just doesn't appeal to him in the same way that it appeals to other people, which is right. totally fair and totally frustrating. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, it really is. Because I actually really, really enjoy Daniel and his right. comedy and right. think that I, I just would love for more audiences in this part of the world to know him because he's right. quite well known in other parts of the world, but not really to the same degree here, though. He's sure. doing shows in New York and doing well there. But um, but boy, I'd let, I would just like to introduce him to some people that right, right. haven't had the chance to get to experience him so that they can enjoy him as much as I do. Which must be kind of like a weird, come. that must be kind of like a weird thing though, because I've been in situations before where I've seen somebody or, you know, I've seen somebody go up and, and, and do comedy or something. And, and there's just this weird energy in me where I'm like, God, if I could only introduce your brilliance to the world, I know it would be an amazing thing for you. Well, but yeah, I mean, I would like to think people would enjoy it as much as I do and be affected by it and admire it the same way that I do. So right, right. That's all I want, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, oh, come to us, please. <laughs> come and see the brilliance of it. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna. How much time do you have anyway? Do you uh, I, have I know you've got. You've got a show tonight, right? <laughs> yeah, but otherwise. <laughs> um. There seems to be, uh, speaking of representation, there seems to be a large number of comics out there without proper representation. Uh, and I'm sure you deal with them all the time. People reach out, I'm sure. They hear your name and they're like, I got to reach out to her. I got to send her videos and stuff like that. Um, is it important to have that representation for comics out there? I know obviously a lot of, but I mean, for established comics, uh, I've only been in this business for a short time, but I've talked to a lot of comics and it blows me away that some people have been in this business for such a long time and not only just representation-wise, but even stuff like they haven't embraced, you know, doing video or proper headshots or doing all that type of stuff. Does those things stand out for you? I mean, is it important to have that? Well, yes and no. It's so common in Canada for people to not have representation, and I'm so accustomed to dealing with comics directly in right. that case that it, it doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. And I say that at the same time as I acknowledge that it's very possible that there are terrifically funny people in the country that I don't know about because they don't have the channels to know me right. and to get to me. And if sure. they had representation, that could be different. Right. Um, but if I, if, I, if I put that aside for just a second, then not really. It doesn't affect me. Right. It doesn't affect my ability to, to book people. It doesn't affect my interest in booking them. It doesn't affect my comfort level. Right. I'm quite happy to showcase people who don't have representation. I'm quite happy to watch video from people. Right. And I'm quite happy to deal with them directly. I have to admit that it is easier when I deal with one agent, for example, 
and and their whole roster than sure. to deal with a whole roster individually. Right, so right. Obviously, it cuts down on my ability to communicate clearly when I'm having to communicate to each individual person as opposed to one person who's representing 30 people, for right, example. Right, right. Um, and so I probably don't do as good of a job as I could mm -hmm. if if there was one person handling yeah handling acting everything. as the middleman sure but it honestly does not affect my interest or ability to book people who don't right. have representation in Canada right. Canada I, I mean outside of Canada most performers have representation at least that's my experience yeah 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 why is that though do you think in Canada like is it just uh, I don't know I mean I, I don't know if it's just our system or if it's just um, you know that the number of opportunities doesn't seem to make people feel like they need representation. I, I feel like if there were more agents and managers representing more comics, that more would happen mm -hmm. with comedy. But that's right. just me speculating. I don't. I don't even know if that's a likely scenario. Right. Right. I know that there's a lot of comics that I've spoken to over the years that uh, over the year, <laughs> like I said, over the years. Uh, over the l over the past year, that feel like there's not enough opportunities in Canada for comics, and and you know obviously I know that you're coming from a place of of, of you know working for a festival and stuff like that. It, you don't necessarily can offer everybody opportunities, but is there enough opportunities in Canada for no, comics? I mean, is there not. can can we d be doing more? We we I mean I think we could absolutely. What the solution is to creating more, I don't know. Have the answer to that, mm -hmm. and it's something I think a lot of people talk about and struggle with finding what the exact solution is because we're tired of losing so many of our great people to to the states right and that's just going to keep happening when more opportunity exists somewhere else sure i don't i don't have a solution but i think lots of people are very interested in creating more opportunity um and there are lots of us who are i think are trying right um but it isn't isn't slowing the flow of people going to the U.S. and I fully encourage people to go to the U.S. too. Yeah. By the way, I mean yeah. it's. I understand the the need, the drive, the interest to want to be successful south of the border, and mm -hmm. I support it. I write a lot of visa letters for people, right. um, you know, to help them get their O ones, etc. But right. boy, it'd be great if we just had a country and a star system that encouraged everybody to stay. That's one of the things that have had is it's been a main focus on this podcast for for a long time. Is is uh, I, I hate seeing. I mean, obviously, I, I understand that need to, to move to larger markets and to and to have that availability to get seen on a larger level. But it kills me to think that we lose so many talented people to either the UK or the states or, or wherever. That uh, and I think that there's that certain element that they. I've seen some comics that they go down and and you know because of that uh, of that problem of, of getting into those areas and and having a viable you know, place to work and to do those types of things. It's difficult to make your way in the States. I've seen a lot of comics come back six months, seven months later, and, and man, that's a tough, tough, tough draw. But I that hurts my heart to, to, to see comics have to leave. That must that must be hard for you as well. It is. I, I wish it wasn't happening, but I, I don't think it'll ever stop happening completely, but it would right. be... Um, it sure would be ideal if it was a tougher decision to make, right? Because there was, because you would be giving up on all the opportunity in Canada if you left. Um, and for right now, there there isn't enough keeping people here, right? Um, unless they, you know, 
I mean, I, I was about to say unless they really hustle for opportunity, but it's not yeah. even that simple. Right. It just doesn't exist in the same way. Yeah. I think it's I think it's shifted a little bit. I think it's better than it was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, TV and and writing opportunities and performance opportunities I think are more than they were ten years ago. For sure. But not enough to stem the flow. Yeah, 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 for sure, so for Trump, sure. Trump might slow the slow the flow. A That's little. a scary thing as well because we don't know. What's <laughs> Let's not. I can't do it. There's an interesting opinion. Because uh, <laughs> I could go on forever about politics. I'm a hardcore li- liberal Democrat. I I it. I moved up here. My daughter's here at university. Um, and I mean, a l- couple months ago, she said, "Dad, I can never think about moving back to the states now. It's it's such a it's such a crazy thing going on down there." Yeah, it really is. Is that is that? <laughs> it really is. I have I am speechless about it. I don't I don't have words for it. I don't. I don't think I've ever come home as many times in a row and said, "Did you guys see what happened? What did Trump do today?" You know what I mean? Like it's ridiculous. It's every day. It's every day. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I um, am nervous about the upcoming festival and even showcase season, as I'm a bit nervous about, which is only sort of just getting underway. But right. the festival, I'm worried, is it just going to be all Trump jokes? For the entire festival, because <laughs> who could blame everybody? It's so much material there. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> we can't, you can't, you can't not talk about it. But also, I can't have three hundred people talking, <laughs> talking about, about Trump. Trump. <laughs> it might, it might just have to be a Trump festival. <laughs> you never know. One of the things I love about the comedy community, I'm interested to hear your your thoughts, is that it seems to be no matter where you go across the country, there. Uh, it's a community and, and people know each other and whether you see each other at gigs or whether you see each other breaking bread at meals or, or doing whatever, do you have that same sense of community when you travel across there are people that you know all across the country that you reach out to and, and hang out with when absolutely, you have the time? Absolutely, Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the things that I'm most drawn to about the business is mm-hmm. that it really is a community. And I think it's mildly different for industry versus the artists right. and they're, you know, isn't always as ton as much crossover, but certainly there I- there is a sense of support there that is just unbeatable, mm-hmm. and you see it every once in a while. Often, unfortunately, in hard times when something right. is wrong, when somebody is sick, or uh, you know, there's a, something that n- somebody needs help with. Right. But boy, the people rally, rally. Man. They, they really do. They show up, and that pro- that must exist in other communities, but. Right. I don't. I've never seen it quite the same way as in yeah. the comedy community, and it is really powerful and moving, and you feel very connected to people, even the ones that you don't know very well. Right. You just right. feel like you're all part of something, and Absolutely. that feels feels very good. And yeah, I mean, I I don't have tons of friends in every city, but I always see the same a lot of the same faces, and it's always such a pleasure to run into people. And yeah, you know, the fact that I get to say hello once or twice a year when we don't live in the same city is pretty fun. That's a pre- pretty amazing opportunity. Um, obviously with travel, I mean, you're a wife, you're a mom. It must be hard. Um, I'm a wife. I'm not a mom. Oh, I thought you were a mom. I'm no, sorry. I no. thought I, I always just assume these things when I look on people's Facebook and I see two cute kids on the front. Oh, Those right. must be your nieces <laughs> or, fr- or friends or something. Or, Those or are, yeah, th- I think probably you saw Hazel and Alice, who are Ryan, my friend Ryan and Dinah's little girls, okay. um, <laughs> who we spend a lot of time with. And I have a niece and two nephews. I have a niece 
and two nephews in Ontario and a nephew out here. Actually, oh, okay. not far. Um, he's in N- Nelson, just outside of Nelson. Yeah, yeah. So I have lots of kids in my life, but none of them are mine. Oh, okay. Well, I then, shit, you can travel everywhere you want. People, <laughs> Try to dig them home with you. Yeah, none of them are mine. I am a wife, but not a mom. But um, I do travel a lot. I travel across the country, but I travel overseas a fair bit yeah. here, too, because I also program for all the international artists for all right. of our festivals and we have a festival in Sydney and so I do spend a lot of time on airplanes um, and sometimes that's totally exhausting and I'm sick of it right. and sometimes I am really grateful that I get to go to these incredible places yeah. all the time and yeah. I have family in Australia that I get to see once or twice a year which is bananas that's amazing we live on the other side of the world and I know them just as well as I know my family in Ontario that's crazy what's Maybe. the best part of this job for you Boy, I should have. That's a question I wish I had had seen coming, so I would have prepared for it. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of great things. A lot of the stuff we've already talked about, sure. that saying yeses to people, you know, in some way making some dreams come true. I think sometimes being able to see people around the world that I wouldn't otherwise get to stay connected to—that's a big deal. You know, the team that I work with at the festival are pretty. They're pretty amazing, mm-hmm. and I feel very lucky to get to work with such smart, interesting, fun people who yeah. are so so committed. So uh, there's a lot of good things. Yeah. There's a lot of good things. It's got to be. Getting to talk to you. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Now, now I, I just want to get into a couple of the show, show things before I let you go. Um, how do you disseminate between a shitty set, uh, somebody having a bad showcase, but you know that they're super talented and you know it's just like, man, this is just not your night. It's not going well. Yeah. Is that hard? Because I know a lot of times people that do have a bad showcase, they don't get to, they don't get that opportunity again for at least two or three years, right? And it takes a while to come back on that radar again. It does take a while, and that is an unfortunate aspect of showcasing, but it is um, part of the reason that showcases exist mm-hmm. is to put people in pressure situations where they might not succeed. and. Right. It's as best as we can at replicating what happens at the festival, that you're put in an, a difficult situation in, an, in a room that you're not used to or in front of an audience that you they've nev- have never seen you before, and then can you succeed? I need to see that at showcases. Sure. So sometimes that's a reason a set doesn't go well, and right. that's good for me to know. Sure. And sometimes the stars just don't align, and a right. set just tanks because it just does, and that's just what comedy is sometimes. Yeah. And... I, I like to think that I am knowledgeable enough to be able to tell the difference. Right. To know when a set is smart and funny and interesting and deserved more than the audience gave it. Sure. And when a set just isn't good enough. Right, right. Um, but that's my opinion about something. Sure. And unfortunately, it means that sometimes people don't get to be seen again for another couple of years, mm-hmm. you know, when it's time to check back in. But that's the nature of how we... We how we have to do things. That's I can't watch everybody all the time, and right. so sometimes I only get to see them once a year. And if it doesn't go well, right, boy, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. that's a tough, <laughs> that's, that's a, a tough, tough pill to swallow <laughs> it for is. some people. I get it. I totally get it. You came into the business, obviously, I'm sure, with a ton of passion for comedy and and just the love of it. Um, is it hard to maintain that that positivity and that and that that passion for it? I mean, sometimes I find I don't laugh as much at showcases as I do when I'm just watching a comedy show just for the fun of watching a comedy show. Right. Um, that I'm watching it with a particular eye. I'm taking notes at a showcase, but I still really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But I do go to shows sometimes just for the fun of going to a show because I do still love comedy. Right. And that's when I get to remind myself, oh, yeah, I really 
I love it. I still love it just right. as a, a fun thing to do. And I'm always conscious of people watching me watch showcases and <laughs> I don't laugh. I've, I've heard I don't laugh this as before. much. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I promise I still enjoy comedy yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's, I, mean, I have I've heard those things, but n- not about you personally. But I've heard about other people that have come to showcase, or you know, to come to watch showcases. Uh, you know, the comic say that I don't know how I've managed to lock eyes with someone in the back of the room, and they're just like talking to somebody or on their phone or do whatever. And I think that it's difficult a lot of times from the performance aspect to know that a lot of times you guys, I mean, you have to go through a hell of a lot of showcases. We watch a lot of comedy. We really do. I mean live sets and um, tape sets and right. we, you know we just watch a ton and um, yeah and, and we, we are watching it with a business eye so sure. yeah, it's yeah. not always it doesn't always look like we're having a good time <laughs> but I promise you you can't do this unless you love it to some at least t- to some degree and most of the time because otherwise it would just be torture yeah absolutely uh, critics have come out in the past and said you know, stuff like JFL plays favorites or they have, they use the same people a lot of the times. People that, I mean, clearly are upset maybe because they don't have the opportunity or they've been passed over, whatever the case is. Is it hard to to face those, those types of things or do you just have to chalk that up to this is the business side of it and I just have to, not everyone's going to be happy with it. Uh, a, little, a little bit of both. It's never easy to get to be criticized for sure. what we're doing. I'm just a person doing a job and mm-hmm. I'm just me. And so I can't help but be personally upset by, by some of the criticisms, of course. Um, but I like to think that I am capable of hearing criticism and really stepping back and really assessing whether or not whether there's something to that criticism that I really need to register right. or that the festival needs to register or that our team needs to register to change the what we're doing. Sure. And sometimes that's the case. And sometimes right. we... You know, we hear something and it changes how we operate. Right. And so that's a good thing. I would rather people, and I am not opening it up, have <laughs> everybody tell me everything they think. <laughs> this is however, not the floodgate here. <laughs> however, I, I would rather hear from um, smart people, smart, interesting people who, who are coming from a good place who have criticisms. And it did happen recently that I got an email from a friend of mine in the business mm-hmm. who um, felt that we had done something poorly right and he called us on it and he had every right to call us on it Mm -hmm. and he was smart to call us on it and he did it professionally and and gently but also firmly and it it created conversation at our end and i was glad to get it so i'm i'm grateful to the people who have opinions that doesn't always mean i'm going to change what we're doing and that there are some people who have opinions that are more based in just frustration at the system and wishing things were different for them personally right um hopefully i can see the difference sometimes and Mm. i try not to take it personally but we do our best and we are definitely never going to make everybody happy um but we we know we have to constantly evolve and constantly hear what people are saying Mm. so that we can incorporate that into what you're doing yeah Yeah. into our operation of things sure otherwise we we can't just copy paste every year and do the same thing all the time it would be terribly boring we'd be out of business yeah so quickly so we're constantly adjusting yeah um and sometimes those adjustments are for the good and sometimes because we've learned and sometimes those adjustments don't go the way we hoped and we make more people mad (laughs) so (laughs) but hopefully you know in terms of the comedy community hopefully people see that we're 
making an effort. We mm-hmm. can't always get it right, but we, we make an effort, and sometimes we get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you got a couple of showcases uh, here in town. Uh, I think you got one tonight, one tomorrow. Is mm-hmm. that right? I have one tonight at the Laugh Shop. The Laugh Shop, and, and then tomorrow night is at Comedy Monday. Comedy night. Monday night. I'll probably see you there tomorrow. I've got a couple of my of my guys uh, on the showcase yeah, tomorrow, fantastic. so uh, I know there's a ton of amazing talent and you're here in Calgary. This is well so as there much. is across the country. So much great talent here. Yeah. I really love coming here. So yeah, that's amazing. I'm looking forward to these shows. Yeah, I know you're a woman in demand, and I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. And and this was more than what I expected. So oh, it's great. amazing. Thanks, Jake. Well, thank thanks you for talking to me. Thanks. Thanks very much. Awesome. All right, folks, uh, didn't I tell you? Did I not tell you? Zoe Rabnett, what an absolute pleasure to have on the show. Such a wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, I had a great time uh, and just, like I said, honored to even sit down and chat it up with her. So thank you, Zoe. Um, hey, uh, big announcement next week, folks. Big, big announcement. I'm actually off on vacation the week after, so uh, big announcement next show. Um on behalf of uh, the host of the show, myself, Jay Kirsch, and the entire crew here at Yuck Yucks, Mr. Mark Breslin, executive producer, Kira Williams, co-producer, Camille Argue, and of course, the man who lays down all the badass acoustic jams for this track, Mr. Lane Argue. Check him out, laneargueguitar.com. I hope you guys are having fun in Thailand. They are there on vacation. I think it was like a honeymoon type of a thing, or I'm not quite sure if it was a honeymoon or just a trip. Either way, they're over there freaking just having the time of their lives, it looks like. So I hope you guys are having fun. All right, we will see you next week.